We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is Morgan Seggers. If you haven't yet hit subscribe, I do multiple episodes a week talking about current events, culture, politics, the intermingling of all of these things. And lately I just love leaning into the lifestyle and culture stuff because I think it's, I think politics and the mess that we're in right now, it's all downstream from what happens in the home and the daily lifestyle choices that we make and the way that we raise and educate children. So (laughs) woohoo. That being said, I don't usually like to talk just about the usual political stuff because it kind of seems like a scam half the time. Anyways, it seems like the end of the world every two days. And then what do you know, we're on to the next thing and the next thing. And so I don't really like to keep my episodes themed like that. That being said, I feel like so much has happened and I've been gone for a couple days because I was at America Fest in Phoenix and now I'm back home. And so I just kind of want to just go over some key points from a lot of the major topics that are happening. Just the stuff that caught my attention. You know what I mean? Because there's so much that it goes viral or it trends and everybody's talking about it, but nobody has a solution. And it just is like the topic of the day. And then the next day is a new topic of the day. And the the world is burning over a new thing. And I <laughs> I tried to make sure that like we don't fall into that trap here. But there, there is some really significant stuff and some of it caught my attention and it's like, you know what, you guys should know about this, but I think it's important for not us to not be completely overly consumed by the world around us, by the mess that's happening. Now, that being said, we've got to talk about some things, this interesting speech from Josh Hawley that I'll show you. I had a moment at America Fest that I want to tell you about, a little personal experience we got to talk about the FBI and something a little interesting with uh, sextortion, a term that I've never heard of before until now. We've got updates in the Cary Lake trial and what the heck are D.C. Republicans doing as this is all going down. What, what an episode, right? So that being said, let's get into it. Okay, and before the first video of Josh Hawley, I just want to thank our friends at Epic TV for sponsoring the show. Epic TV is a censorship-free video platform with original news programs like Crossroads, The Larry Elder Show, Facts Matter, American Thought Leaders, and documentaries investigating critical issues that are not covered anywhere else. I trust the Epic Times because I've worked with them a bunch before. They're unbiased. They report important news that other media ignores. They focus on clear, fact-based journalism without spins or hidden agendas. They're truthful. They report the facts. They trust their viewers to bring discernment to every issue to arrive at their own conclusions. They are resilient. And I mean, you guys, they are attacked constantly. They're defamed constantly by other media. And people literally have burned their printing presses, assaulted their journalists. So they continue to dedicate themselves to truth. I'm also on the the shows a lot. Okay, so if you look up like American Thought Leaders and a few of the other things like Crossroads, I'm on those shows if you ever want to watch my episodes. And I actually saw Josh Phillips, who 
is one of their hosts. I saw him at America Fest and I got to catch up with him. So that was really nice. But you guys, if you're looking for unbiased, truthful, resilient news sources, check them out today. They have a special offer for my viewers. Just sign up, start watching, no credit card required, no strings attached. If you want to subscribe after 14 days, it's just a dollar for two months. So go to epic.com slash Morgan, E-P-O-C-H dot com slash Morgan. That's E-P-O-C-H dot com slash Morgan. Thank you guys. Okay, first thing I wanted to show you, because I was just at America Fest and there's a ton of speakers, you guys know this, it's one of the biggest events in the conservative movement. This one, America Fest, is specifically for people of all ages, so Student Action Summit in the summer is more for high school and college students, specifically college, because Turning Point is kind of now just growing in high school, high schools across the country, but America Fest is, is trying to get people of all ages to attend and inspired and and then send them back out into their own communities with with new passion and new education, new awareness. So on top of that, with all the political speakers, they had a bunch of cool like country music singers and stuff. And then they had a worship night, which was pretty cool. Okay, I've got to say, I my experience and my preference in church is like a quiet cowboy church. You know what I mean? Like in the front is is the pastor and he's wearing a cowboy hat and him and a guy with a harmonica and a guy with a guitar and a guy with a banjo and a, a fiddle. They're all just up there playing some some classic country music, gospel music, but it sounds like Johnny Cash. You know what I mean? Like that's my vibe and it's nice and quiet and it's in nature. There was a coyote that walked behind the pastor one time and I was like, wow, this is, what a moment. <laughs> so that's what I'm used to. And I wear my little cowgirl boots and a nice long like linen dress. I I just love the experience. So I went to this worship night and there was like 12 people on stage and this fascinating light show and they were doing like reggae themed music. And then there was all these, I don't know, it was a whole different experience from Morgan's Cowboy Church. And I just really enjoyed it. And I was with Joe Bob and Allie was there who works at my nonprofit, but I didn't see her. And it was kind of like all my my friends and it was just really cool to do that with them. On top of that, we were all like, wow, this is actually the best part of America Fest in, in all of our opinions. So um, I encourage you guys to to try and go next time. And I'm going to definitely talk to Turning Point about making sure we do that worship night again. Now, that being said, one speech in particular really caught my attention. And it was a section from Josh Hawley, who's a senator, a U.S. senator. And this is what he said. And I'm going to play the clip where he goes on Tucker as well. So he Tucker's going to play the clip of the speech and then they're going to talk about it. And I just... Before they get into it, I just want to say the topics that they discuss are definitely abnormal given the current worldly ways that we have. All right. A lot of disgusting stuff has been normalized for young Americans and it's brought nothing but chaos, nothing but unhappiness, nothing but mental struggle and physical struggle. And it's one thing, you know, like what is Morgan Zeggers going to do? Talk about how some of the practices pushed on young men are bad. What effect does that have versus what effect does it have for a one of the top political commentators in the country and show host, Tucker Carlson, and a U.S. senator saying this directly to young men to do something like stop watching porn? Like, really think of the immensity of that's a lot more impactful than like a young woman nagging about, you know, guys and their practices and the ways of the world. Right. And so I just wanted to share this because I find it so important for other men to talk about this. And I was with uh, Lou Uridel, I'm probably pronouncing his last name wrong, but he basically got his following and became passionate about this stuff because he's a strong Christian. And he also stood up during the COVID lockdowns to save his gym. Like the, the gyms were being shut down because of the tyrannical government 
And Lou is one of the people that was one of the more prominent leaders of that movement against shutdowns and COVID ridiculousness. And Lou was there and he has this beautiful young daughter and he was talking to me about how he really does believe it's so important for grown men to talk to young men about their practices. And I think that's the same thing older women who have been through a few things, we should be doing the same thing for young girls and young women. And we kind of need to stick to our own lanes. You know what I mean? It's like, I want to hear marriage advice from someone that has a very successful and long-term marriage. I want to hear that from a long, long time married woman about what she did and how she did it and how she kept her marriage strong. I want to hear about balancing life with a homeschool and a bunch of kids and staying at home and all that stuff. I want to hear that from a woman that actually did it. And maybe people don't like talking about it because it's 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 fun to commentate on things that we don't actually do. But if I hope you guys notice, like I don't try and give marriage advice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm not married. And so I think it's really important for people that are excelling in their unique roles. They should be leading the conversations on that stuff. And so when young men see successful men like a senator, a community leader, somebody as as prominent as Tucker Carlson, and they're saying some really aggressive statements and specifically to successful business people, I would say that's really profound. So that's like when I get asked about dating and stuff, I preface it with like, listen, I don't know, I'm in the trenches with you guys, right? And with marriage, I say, I'm not married. You know, this is just how I've been maneuvering things, or this is the kind of advice that I've heard so far. And so I hope you guys know I I'm, I'm, would never try and be an expert on something I'm clearly not an expert on. And this is podcast is more of a conversation but when it does come to taking advice, we should be seeking advice from people that have actually lived it out in their day-to-day disciplined routines. And now they have the fruit of all of that effort and all of those sacrifices and all of that work that's gone into it. So here's Josh Hawley. The Turning Point USA event in Phoenix the other day. And during a speech, he offered this advice to young men. Watch. Young men, let me make a suggestion to you. Why don't you turn off the computer and log off the porn and go ask a real woman on a date? How about that? Just a thought. Ask her out. Young men, why don't you be the ones who do the asking? (laughs) Oh, so controversial. Choose a human being over pornography. As we said, Josh Hawley represents Missouri in the U.S. Senate, and he joins us tonight to explain his speech. Senator, thanks so much for coming on. So tell us why, I mean, you're a U.S. senator, you you know, you help negotiate trade deals, but you mentioned human relationships. Why? Well, somebody's got to be honest and tell the truth to these young men. And the truth is, is what the porn industry is selling them is a total lie. And the truth is, American society needs them. We need them to step up. We need them to go get married and have families and be responsible husbands and fathers. This society is impoverished because too many young men are too despairing or too checked out on social media or porn to be doing what we need them to do as a country. It's time to, to call people, to call young people in particular and young men to be something more. And Tucker, they want to be called to it. They don't, they don't want to be yeah. sold the bill of goods anymore. Somebody needs to tell them the truth. No, I think that's exactly right. But you, you're one of the very few people who said anything like this, certainly one of the very few elected officials, because it's considered really embarrassing to notice this is happening. Why don't more people say it? It seems like it's transformed our society completely. 
Yeah, well, I think that's because the liberal culture, what the message to young people is, the most you can aspire to in life is to be a consumer who sits in a cubicle in front of a computer all day and doesn't ask any questions and doesn't do anything meaningful with your life. And what we need to say to young men and young women, too, is just the opposite. Aspire to be something more than a consumer. And for young men, aspire to be something more than a consumer pornography. Aspire to actually create something in your life, like create a family, for instance. That is the, the, the single greatest act of rebellion, if you like, against the liberal culture that is that is suppressing people's desires that is suppressing their potential is to go out and actually engage in real relationships get married have a family have kids have your own ideas and be be a responsible member of society i mean this is what people are built to do it's, and again it's what young people want to do they want to be challenged in this way right no it's to, and I'm, I'm sure clips of you saying that will be everywhere later all the cool kids are making fun of you cool kids who are not yet 60 and childless um i just i hope you keep saying it because i think it's it's clearly true um and i think it's brave in the context now speaking of amfest and just the more important conversations and topics we should be having with people and again i cannot i can't give enough credit to senator holly for i mean he like walked out on stage in a black t-shirt and he's just like hey guys a U.S. senator, if you really think about it like that, like think of how pompous a lot of politicians are these days where they're untouchable. They are holier than thou. They think that they are truly a level above us. And I'll, I'll play a section a little bit later of, of a speech from Mitch McConnell this week where he says that most Republicans prioritize aiding Ukraine with American taxpayer dollars above all things. And it's like, you know what? I would much prefer to have a U.S. senator representing me and speaking on my behalf because that's what they're intended to do based on what our founders gave them in their their job description. I would much rather have someone like Josh Hawley talking to young men about embracing building things and producing things in society in this world beyond just like the consumer perspective of production than have a bunch of D.C. elites that think that they know what's best for us and our families. Like, they're not even thinking about it. So the fact that Josh Hawley cares about what young men are doing in their day-to-day lives, it's just, you know, it's a little rare. And I don't like to idolize politicians at all, but I do like to give them credit when I see them do something kind of out of the norm. So I appreciate it. Now, that being said, oh boy, when I was at America Fest, it's kind of hard. I mean, I you know, the the country is in decline. Let's say that. Is that a nice way to put it? And so we've got a lot going on. You know what I mean? Like there's some serious problems here. And one of the days, I kid you not, I was, I was walking and what happens is that there's just so many people there. You know what I mean? And they kind of come up to you and they're talking to you. And I had one situation of a couple people with this woman came up to me and they were talking to me in a group and they explained that this woman was there to try and create a network of people that could support her because her boyfriend has been in the DC jail um, after January 6th ever since. And it's looking very bad for him. And he's gone through so much. And she's there at one of the biggest events in the conservative movement to, to plead for any sort of assistance and help because it's basically radio silence. And hearing her explain what she's been going through for the last couple years was a very profound thing. And so now think of the contrast of me having an interaction like that where she's asking, is there anything? Can, can you talk to anybody? Is there any way you can point me? You know what I mean? Like the, it's not desperation, but it's more of like the passion and the mission that she's on. And it's something profound. 
a very serious deal, right? I mean, these men are in solitary confinement for what? That's one thing that's very serious to me. But then I'm walking, 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 talking, 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 and all of a sudden, another person comes up and they push this microphone into my face, this like big flashy microphone and a camera, camera guys right behind them. And they go, Morgan, 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 can we ask you a question? And that's normal that that happens, but either way, it's normal. And so I said, oh yeah, 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 sure. And they say, who's hotter, conservative or liberal women? Uh, do you guys get what I mean when I'm just like, why? Would I want to answer a question like that? I basically looked and I was like, no comment, you guys, come on. I'm not going to answer a question like that. And it's like, oh, Morgan's being a fun sucker. Morgan can't lighten up a little bit. That could be one angle of looking at it. But at the end of the day, I feel like especially after my trip to the Holy Land, but it's like at the end of the day, this is a political industry is how I would describe politics. It's an industry. People are out there to make a bunch of money. There's some people that don't make any money at all, but they get the satisfaction of all the followers and the celebrity status and stuff like that. So there's a bunch of like greedy purposes for being involved in this. And it, it's easy to use a serious situation of like the downfall of the Republic and the concern that everybody has and the velocity of something on social media. It's like, whoo, it's fun to play this game, isn't it? But what value do we get out of our lives? What value do we bring to other people's lives? And what are we doing wasting our time on something like going around a convention and asking a question like that and then clipping it together after filming for hours, clipping it together for hours and then posting it to get a successful social media video because it's kind of funny. And you know exactly what will happen when a video like that is posted. You know what I mean? Like wh what are we achieving with dedicating our time and our energy and our works, our short amount of time in this world to something like that? And so maybe you're like, Morgan, you're reading too far into this. Sure, I guess, but I can't get out of this mindset. You know what I mean? Because to me, it's it's like, listen, if you see my content, you probably know I don't want to be answering a question like that because I'm not going to talk about women like that. And it's not out of a feminist way. It's just more of like, <laughs> I don't care who's hotter. People are beautiful in different ways. There's going to be terrible looking conservatives and terrible looking liberals, hot conservatives, hot liberals, whatever. I don't really care. But yeah, do you want to have the scientific discussion on why? Yeah, I get it. Conservative women are probably considered more attractive generally because they embrace their more feminine ways, because they don't adapt to the worldly ways that tell you to not want to settle down, to not want love, to to not want to be feminine, to not want to have children, all that stuff. It's like, yeah, I get it. We're, we're probably technically more attractive in in many of those ways because it's primal and natural. But that's not what they were trying to do. You know, they're not trying to have a thoughtful conversation about something on that deeper level. Instead, it was like, yep, we're, we're going to bash the other side for no positive outcome beyond growing our social reach in a way that doesn't spread positivity or goodness. And so that's the kind of stuff. It's like, imagine a conference where you have that kind of video being made simultaneously while the spouses and girlfriends of the people that have been locked up since January 6th are pleading for <laughs> any sort of assistance. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing, but it's like that is the the state of the conservative movement. And it is um, frustrating. And so that leaves us with the kind of question of 
what work are we doing in this movement? Because what are we doing here? We, we all care about certain values. We care about the future of the country. We see problems happening and we're concerned. So what is the answer? It's not complaining and us sitting here like laughing or complaining about the fact that people are making these videos of who's hotter conservative or liberal women. Like we're not doing anything here sitting talking about them on this show, but it is a problem that needs to be addressed. And then it's like, okay, so what do we do with our time? We we dedicate every hour that we can on this earth to cultivating goodness. And and what does that look like? And when we're doing something, whether it's a freaking meme or it's something that we're doing in our daily lives, we can ask ourselves like what is going to be the outcome of something like this? And if it's nothing but self-serving, maybe we shouldn't do it. I don't know. It's just on my mind. So that was definitely a really weird experience of like the differences of people that were there. Speaking of all that, it's like <laughs> we got a lot of problems, don't we? As this is all happening, we're seeing the the Twitter files come out. Is that what they're called? Elon Musk buys Twitter. And at first it's like, this is really cool. We're going to have somebody who's kind of more conservative or at least just more freedom oriented. He's going to own a platform. That's awesome. And now it's turned into, wait a second, what did, what did he just expose by buying this? And now it's kind of clear why they wanted to hide this. It turns out the FBI has been using American taxpayer dollars to pay social media companies, or at least it's proven that Twitter was doing it, paying Twitter millions of dollars to censor and or remove the accounts and the, the posts of the FBI, the left's political opposition. That's a really big deal, in case you didn't know that. And that's exactly what was exposed with the Twitter files. Now, it started with like, and this is the thing, there's a lot coming out still, like he comes out with these new releases all the time. And so that's why I haven't really done a podcast episode, because it's like, I want to fully summarize what we, what has been discovered when we actually know. So I'm kind of holding off on doing a full episode dedicated to that. But I think it'd be interesting to do in the future. But in the beginning, it just kind of got exposed that, hey, Twitter works with FBI agents and FBI agents literally send emails of links to tweets and Twitter accounts that they want removed or censored. They say, hey, here's the ones of the day. Can you make sure these are taken off or are like get rid of these? And then Twitter employees would reply and be like, done. Thanks so much. Have a nice day. <laughs> you know, like that alone is really, really bad. And they were doing it over things like the Hunter Biden laptop right before the 2020 election. And now polls are showing and it's proven now that had the voters known that voted for Joe Biden, had they known about the Hunter Biden laptop situation, how our president is bought out, then they would not have voted for Joe Biden. And that would have been a large enough push. 16% of them would have changed. It would have been a large enough push for President Trump to have won re-election. That's a really big deal. You know what I'm saying? So it was bad enough that we find out FBI and Twitter are working together because you have government agents, unelected bureaucrats working to influence things like an election and major political issues, the communication around them. But then it, it goes a step further because another release of the Twitter files shows that millions of dollars have been sent from the FBI to Twitter to actually carry out these censorship practices. Wow. <laughs> so that's what is happening. My question is, all right, what else is there? And we're going to have to be patient on that. But what other platforms are doing this? And it's kind of obvious if you ask me that this is not just a Twitter thing. The only reason we're finding out about Twitter is because of this new ownership by Elon Musk. So I give him a lot of credit and I'm very appreciative of him exposing that. But it also kind of caught my attention because I there's so many problems going on in this world, right? And it's not just political. Humans, human nature, it means that there's a lot of bad stuff happening, right? We fall to evil, evil things constantly. 
And there are bad, bad people out there. And unfortunately, some people have a hard time wrapping their heads around that, that there is a lot of evil in this world. And so we need to do what we can to stop the evil while also promoting the good. But there is just some some nasty stuff happening. So we have a lot to be grateful for. That being said, we're finding out that millions of dollars at the FBI are being dedicated to censoring political opponents. But I just found out about this concept that's been happening, and it's on the rise. It's called sextortion. Sextortion. What's happening is you have young people in America that, that don't really, they don't have a lot of uh, street smarts. You know what I mean? They really aren't able to understand, first of all, the long-term consequences of their decisions. They're easily influenced, and there's a reason. They're children. Their brains are not fully developed. They cannot consent to certain things, and they are innocent little beings, right? And so we need to protect them. Unfortunately, they have social media accounts. And what evil adults have figured out is that they can extort children and their families for large amounts of money by making fake social media accounts, messaging young teenagers and tweens on these social media accounts, posing as people that are their age, other children, and asking for nude pictures. And then what ends up happening is these children fall for it, and sometimes it's within 24 hours. They're sending these kind of things to strangers. Now you can be like, Morgan, well, they shouldn't do that. Yeah, duh. I get it. Okay. But unfortunately, in this modern age, everything is hypersexualized. You have a lot of access to social media and strangers and the internet, and everything seems kind of normalized in terms of like what you put on, on social media and what you send to people, stuff like that. So I get it. It's like, yeah, that'd be great if they didn't do that. But unfortunately, children are falling for it and this is happening more and more and that's why I'm talking about this on the show because it actually like really struck a chord with me and I felt horrible about this. What keeps happening and this happened apparently twice already in upstate New York this year which is horrible to me because it's where I'm from. These adults get the pictures from the kids and then they say thank you so much. Now we're going to send these to all of your friends, everybody in your school. We're going to post these all over social media unless you send us $5,000, unless you send us $3,000, whatever it may be. Right. And that's a lot of money to kids. (laughs) I mean, it's a lot of money to anybody. But like imagine you're a kid and like maybe you're working for tips at the local diner like I did where $80 was like a a cryable situation where it's like, oh, my gosh, I just got $80 in tips today. This is amazing. You know, being told that you have to cough up that kind of money. So then what ends up happening is the kids feel scared because who wants to admit to their parents that they just did that? And these innocent children, maybe they're goody two-shoes, right? And they fell for it. Or maybe they're, they're from a Christian home and, oh, oh my gosh, my parents would never think that I would do something like this. I can't tell them. Well, they immediately begin to think that there's no way out and then they commit suicide. It's called sextortion and it's happening to our children. And so I read this, I read this article about how it is so, so, so important. If your children are on social media, we need to be discussing the hard stuff with them. Because if if you're giving them access to all the good and evil of social media and you're not equipping them to protect them, then you need to do a reevaluation. And I'm not a parent. I'm just saying that this is what the stud this is what the information is showing us. That good children are falling for it because you guys, they don't have the capability to make these decisions. And they're falling for it because they have innocent little minds and malleable little minds. They're falling for it. And then they're traumatized and too scared to tell their parents. And then they think there's no way out. And before it's too late, within just a couple days, they are ending their lives because they don't see a way out. I'm not saying that I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm the expert on this. So you guys go talk to your kids about this highly sensitive topic. No, no, no. 
I'm just saying I am shocked by the fact that I'm already seeing two stories of this happening in my home area, and it's a horrifying concept. And a lot of people say it can never happen in my family, but then you truly never know. And so I just wanted to bring that up to you guys because it really touched my heart. So on top of that, currently our priorities are off as a nation if we are again sending millions of dollars from the FBI to Twitter to censor political opponents and at the same time our children are ending their lives because they are being extorted with child porn pictures on the internet by evil people. Where is the FBI? You should wonder, right? Isn't that a good question? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. Okay. All right. Now that was a tough topic, right? Let's move on to the next one. I want to talk about the Cary Lake election situation because that went to court, which is really exciting. Before we do that, though, MyPillow is excited to announce the original My Slippers are back in stock just in time for the holidays. Last Christmas, you made the slippers the number one selling product for MyPillow, and they've just added smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, all the new colors. So what makes them different is the exclusive four-layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My Slippers have patented layers to make them extra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve the stress on your feet from all the running around this holiday. So you can wear them anytime, anywhere. Save $90 off with promo code MORGAN. That means they're only $49.98. They're worth it. I wear mine all the time, even when I'm podcasting. You'll absolutely love my slippers. They are extending their 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, so they're a great Christmas present. Go to MyPillow.com, use promo code MORGAN, or call 1-800-738-8374, and use promo code MORGAN to save $90 off on the original my slippers for only $49.98 a pair. Thank you so much. Okay, so quick recap on what's going on with the Carrie Lake trial. We have Katie Hobbs, who declared victory. You have Carrie Lake, who says, no, I won this election. I'm going to sue for it. And I'm not giving up because who gives up when they're in overtime? She is calling this the overtime of the game. And she is saying, who the heck slows down in overtime? You only work harder in this point. So I've heard her speeches. I heard her at Mar-a-Lago for Turning Point USA's event. And then I heard her at the Moms for America event. She said the same things. And then she was at America Fest as well. And she's been very clear. She's going to push forward. So they sued and they actually got it brought to court. It was not dismissed. And so now the hearings are happening as we speak. I'm sorry if anything is updated by the time this episode goes out. But basically, oh my gosh, a lot of stuff is being revealed. A lot of messy stuff. One of the things on top of all of the delays, on top of all the lines, the usual mess that we saw on election day, here's something that just got exposed. Ballots were intentionally printed on the wrong size paper which means that they were automatically rejected and not counted. I will repeat, there's a specific size ballot and design for that piece of paper that needs to be on the paper, on the ballot, for it to count. If it's not looking like that, then it gets automatically rejected. Some areas, some places, got completely flawed ballots based on the size and placement of everything on the paper, and so they just got rejected. They just weren't counted. Here is a section from the hearing on that. Use that, that laptop should be used. <clears throat> is there any way, in your opinion, for a 19-inch ballot image to be projected on a 20-inch ballot by accident? No, sir. Why not? Because the settings and the configurations and the procedures that are used cannot allow that. These are not a bump up against the printer and the settings change. There are security, there are security configurations. I've reviewed the evidence, and the printers are configured via script, which by any large organization that has to do multiple systems is a standard. This takes away the human error of somebody miscoding in the instructions either on the printer. 
So that's one thing, right? You've got wrong size ballots that were that the people who printed them knew were going to be rejected. So they've got to get to the bottom of this. Now, there's a lot of stuff coming out at the same time, but I don't want to share it with you yet because it's still unfolding as I'm recording this. So just give me some grace on that one and we'll talk about it in the future. That being said, clearly there's some problems, right? But what are the people in Washington, D.C. doing? What what are the Republicans in Washington, D.C. doing that abandoned the Carrie Lake campaign and abandoned Blake Masters? What is happening there? Here's Mitch McConnell explaining what he believes Republicans' priorities are. Making sure the Defense Department can deal with the major threats coming from Russia and China. Providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians. That's the number one priority for the United States right now, according to most Republicans. That's sort of how we see the challenges confronting uh, the country at the moment. That's really interesting. The leader of the Senate, Republicans, says that helping Ukraine is our number one priority in this nation right now. So if you guys feel like, geez, why does it feel like I don't have a voice in Washington? It's because you really don't right now, okay? (laughs) And one last video that I wanted to share with you guys is everybody's talking about this budget process. Basically, at the end of the year, right before the holidays, whoever's in power They wait to propose the budget right before it's required that they vote on it before the government goes into shutdown. And so you're kind of forced into voting yes for it. It is filled with unnecessary things. It's a ridiculously embarrassing budget. The concept of a balanced budget that doesn't add to our debt, that doesn't add to the deficit, that doesn't bring our country further into economic ruin, that's a very far off concept at this point, right? It used to be a basic standard thing that we did just a couple of decades ago. Like just a couple of decades ago, our taxes and the amount that we brought in, the amount of revenue, that all compensated for and filled the requirements of all the programs that we had to pay for, all of the expenses that we were about to have as a nation. Now, that's a that seems simple, right? <laughs> but that's just not the case anymore. And we all pay around 30% or whatever it may be for you. We all pay an astronomical fraction of our income to the government just for it to be thrown away. I could come up with some other phrases, but I'm going to be nice. Just for it to be thrown away, washed down the drain by these people. Not only that, but now our taxpayer dollars are being weaponized against us because what do you know? Things are going into funding the same people that kept us locked down for years, money, millions of dollars of our taxpayer dollars, all of our income. It's being taken by the government and then sent to companies that are censoring us, removing us from having a voice in the greatest public square of the 21st century on social media, and it's being used as a weapon against us, which is wild. I mean, when does it become a point of like, I legally, we shouldn't be required to pay into a system that is bringing us down and directly attacking us, but I digress. I want to end with this video of Rand Paul because it's it's times like this that really make me very appreciative of the House Freedom Caucus. If you guys don't know what this is, it's basically the tried and true people in our, our representative government that believe in the Constitution and want to get us back to what our founders intended. And they are awesome. If you haven't seen Paul Gosar, Rand Paul, I would check them out, Jim Jordan, and give the House Freedom Caucus your support because they're trying to call out this ridiculous spending. 
That being said, Rand Paul has this thing. He like does a festivist breakdown of the budget every year and explains where all of our taxpayer dollars are about to go and whether where they went this year and like how much of a waste it was. And he hasn't come out with it yet because he does it, I think, right around Christmas. But I'll do it in the next episode or in a future episode because it is um, something everybody needs to know about. Let's end, though, with this video from Rand Paul on the Senate floor talking about what is actually in this $1.7 trillion bill that's being proposed. He says, yesterday I spoke on the $1.7 trillion Pelosi-Schumer spending spree. How does Congress spend taxpayer money? One example is spending $2.3 million injecting beagles with cocaine. The American people demand accountability for the damage the big government spenders are doing. And here you go, guys. Here's the video. At the end, if you haven't yet, hit subscribe, please. I would appreciate it. And I'll see you next episode. Have a very Merry Christmas. Okay, thank you. If this is winning, I'm getting tired of winning. GOP leadership declares that this bill is a victory. But not unless you define victory as adding over a trillion dollars in new deficit spending. The omnibus increases spending by 10% compared to last year's budget. How does Congress spend taxpayers' money? Well, here's just a few examples of how your government currently spends money. We found that they spent last year $2.3 million injecting beagles with cocaine. $700,000 was spent to study how male parents attract their mate. Really? We spent $187,000 to study whether or not dogs help kids cope. Of course they do. Ask any pet owner. We spent $118,000 to study if a metal replica, a robot of Marvel Comics' evil warlord Thanos could snap his fingers. The American people demand accountability for the damage the big government spenders are doing to our families and to our nation's economic well-being. So if there are people in this body who do care, who do really care about those who are struggling with the burden of inflation, the best way is quit digging the hole deeper, quit adding the debt, and do what even European countries can do, and that's begin to balance our budget. Mm